Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Good morning again. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Thank you so much for including me in your day. The Give Hope for Christmas effort that we are engaged in, which you can participate in at MyFaithRadio.com, um, has changed. There's been a uh, there's been a change. There should be a drum roll here. Um, so somebody who was listening yesterday as we were sharing the stories of people who have been nominated, people walking through a particularly difficult patch who could really be encouraged um, not only by our prayers, but by our financial support this Christmas. Somebody who was listening yesterday morning as we were sharing that said, you know what, I'd like to see more than one person be blessed in that way. And so thank you to um, the person who stepped forward and said, you know what, I'd like to add a couple of more $500 Visa gift cards to this effort. So there's now going to be three, three people um, or families blessed in this way. You can nominate someone at MyFaithRadio.com in our Give Hope for Christmas effort as well. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you again for your generosity. Uh, It is that time of the year, the time for making lists and checking them twice And then um, sharing with one another a few of our favorite things. So you're going to see lots of lists at the end of the year. You know, the list of the best books of the year, the list of the best stories of the year, the list of, well, the best people of the year. Time Magazine has selected its person of the year. It is Volodymyr Zelensky um, and the spirit of Ukraine. And so um, maybe it gives us an opportunity to think about who is our person of the year. My person of the year every year is the same person. Um, It's Jesus. Every year belongs to him. He is the Lord of my life. If I um, if I were to say, you know, the person of the year is the person who makes the greatest difference, the, the greatest impact, not only in my life, but in the world, every single year, it's the same person. Um, and so even as the world turns its attention and its evaluative efforts to, you know, who's best and for what reason in this particular year, this is the year of the Lord um, and it belongs to him. And so I want to honor him in it. And um, pop culture made a list of its moments of the year as well. Hey, if you were going to make a list like of the books of the year or the moments of the year or things that you remember this year, what would make your list? Um, Notable events or people, places, experiences from 2022. Maybe there's one conversation or topic we've discussed here on Mornings with Carmen that sticks with you. Um, if if there's something on your list related to Faith Radio or related to Mornings with Carmen, I would love to know what that is. You can text me, 877-933-2484, or email me, carmen at myfaithradio.com. Is there one conversation, one topic, something we have discussed, a resource we have provided that's really made a difference for you in 2022? We would love to know what that is. You can, uh, again, text me, 877-933-2484, or you can always email me, carmen at myfaithradio.com. Adam Holtz is going to join us next 
from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. We're going to talk about our, his, I don't know, our, his, plugged in's top TV picks of 2022. What were you watching and why did you watch it? What makes that list? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. These are a few of my favorite things. Cream colored ponies and crisp apple strudels, doorbells and sleigh Adam Holtz is back from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. You can find what we're talking about today at PluggedIn.com. All right, Adam, it's that time of year where people are making lists of all kinds of things. You guys have made a list of the top television 2022 Plugged In's year-end picks. You want to share a few things that uh, made your list? Yeah, you know, we've got a few things on here that you're probably aware of and a few that you may never have heard of. So um, the ones that I'm not going to talk much about because they've gotten a lot of buzz already are Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus and Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, which, of course, is on Amazon Prime Video. So uh, if you are a Star Wars or a Lord of the Rings fan, we're very close to enough said, as Stanley would have said. You know, <clears throat> we know about these things, but they were both pretty satisfying dramas in those respective universe so i'm now going to move on so we can talk a bit about the things you may not have heard of over on apple tv plus there is a show for children called amber brown and this is about an 11 year old girl whose parents are divorced and she is just kind of making her way through life and so this has some some nice themes to it it deals with bullying it deals with you know the emergence of of romance that begins to happen then. Uh, but uh, really sweet show, uh, rated TVG. And then increasingly you and I have been talking about Pure Flicks, and I think uh, their catalog of really, uh, really solid content is growing. And one particular show that we like over on Pure Flicks is Going Home. And this is a, a story about Charlie Copeland, and she is a hospice nurse who helps uh, those who are dying to transition from this life to the next. So obviously this is not a show for kids, but if you're looking for a drama with a big heart and you happen to have Pure Flix, this would be a, a pretty good choice. And then finally on Hulu, uh, we have an anime show called Spy Times Family, or it's Spy X Family, but it said Spy Times Family. Uh, And it's exactly what you think. It's what do you do if you are a spy, but you also have a family? And so this is about Lloyd Forger, who marries a woman and adopts her six-year-old as a part of his job. And uh, his his wife and daughter don't know that he's a spy, which, you know, secrets are bad in marriage, but they have some secrets too. And if you know anything about anime, anime can drift in some into some problematic territory. But uh, this is another uh, pretty nice show. It's rated TV 14. It's got a bit more content. And with all of these, before you start streaming them, we would encourage you to read our full review so you know exactly what you're getting into. Um, yeah, and you could do that at PluggedIn.com. Um, all right, Adam, I yes. found out this week <laughs> because Thank I was... Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, because I was uh, I was listening to another radio program, and they were talking about something called the Game Awards. And yeah. one of the things that they said is that, like, gaming is actually the biggest thing out there in terms of entertainment, which kind of surprised me. And um, yeah. and then they, you know, talk about giving awards to games, which also kind of surprised me. But this is a thing. This is like a thing in oh, the yeah. culture. 
Well, it is a thing in the culture, and you have to realize if you haven't like uh, tuned in recently on video games, we're not talking about you know Donkey Kong and Asteroids anymore. These games are immersive, cinematic, multi-hour experiences, and most of them have a storyline that you can play by yourself. Many of those storylines are 40 to 50 or even 100 hours, and virtually all of them are created now for online play. So when my son plays video games, he doesn't ever play video games by himself. It's always a cooperative effort with his friends online, which is actually one of the things I like about today's video games. Now, certainly you can connect with strangers, and that's a separate issue, but I like that there is problem-solving together as a team. That's a benefit even though a lot of games have problems. Uh, but yes, the, the Game Awards is really hoping to be like the Academy Awards or the Emmys of video games. And I think that we're going to continue to see the overall profile of this awards event rise. And, and it's more than just awards. There are new you know games being announced. It's kind of like E3 or the San Diego Comic-Con which are these platforms to announce new things coming in the industry. So um, yeah, video games are a huge thing. I don't have the total sales figures for the year right in front of me, but they are, from a sales metric perspective, they are are bigger than movies and bigger than television. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, all right, when you think about um, the year that is, the year that was, um, the year that's going to be, um, what what are um, what's maybe one thing that you're looking forward to uh, in the next year in terms of media? Oh boy, that is a is a good question, um, and I'm a, I'm I'm a little bit flat footed. We can take it. Uh, right, we can no, ta- let's I, take I, it. No, no, I'm going to give one. you a minute to one. think about it. I can okay, give you a minute okay. to think about it. Um, <laughs> how would you answer that question if I were to ask it of you? Like when you look back, when you look at what's going on today, when you look ahead. What's one thing you're looking forward to in terms of media? Adam Holtz is going to answer that question next from Focus on the Families Plugged In here on Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. We're continuing our conversation with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged End. Uh, Adam, one thing you're yes. looking forward to in media, media being a very, very broad term. Yep. Uh, Mandalorian season three, I confess. Okay. I'm a Star Wars uh, geek at heart, and I'm looking forward to that. All right. So one of the things I'm not looking forward to um, are more Christmas horror films. I, I, I am disturbed. There's this whole subgenre of Christmas movies yep. that are actually horror films. And I'm, I'm super disturbed by that. Why, why do you think people want to watch horror films related to Christmas? Oh boy. I mean, it's a, it's a complicated question. Horror has a unique 
uh, not to give it too much credit, but it has an interesting appeal. I think it's counter-programming. I think it is aimed at younger people who don't want to watch another Hallmark movie. And I think that there is an ironic appeal, whereas, you know, for example, uh, you know, the latest Santa Claus movie starring David Harbour, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the name of it. It I can see his bloody face on the movie poster. Um, it's sort of, a, it's jarring, right? We take something familiar and and we mess with it and we subvert it. And I think that part of the appeal of horror movies is that they they are often exercises in subversion. Now, they're often exercises just in blood and guts and excess. And, you know, I remember when I was a teenage boy, you know, you want to see how crazy far can they take things. They're, they're exercises in excess as well. Um, so I'm not trying to let them off the hook by having too high-minded a discussion about it. But I do think that these sorts of movies speak to um, our tiredness with the normal cliches and tropes. And I think Christmas movies in general rarely have anything to do with Jesus. So even, you know, the nice Hallmark style movies or Great American Family or wherever you're watching those dramas, yeah, they're sweet, but they almost never mention Jesus. Uh, so here you have a kind of movie for people who are frustrated with that. Um, and, and even the one starring David Harbour right now um, is not what it appears to be. It's about a Santa Claus character who is upset with the state of the world and how nasty things are right now. It's called Violent Night. So I had to take a second to pull up the, the title. And he finds one girl who's a true believer and she's surrounded by evil people and really wicked people. And so if you just watch the, the trailer, you think, oh, this is just Santa Claus gone wild. But even if you dig a little bit into the subtext, and this is not to defend this crazy violent film uh, too much, uh, it's about Santa Claus wanting things to be good. And if you took Santa Claus and Die Hard, that's pretty much what Violent Night is. So um, it's complicated. I think there are a lot of things that, that play into this. And uh, while I don't say go out and see Christmas horror movies, I would also say maybe there's more going on here in some cases than meets the eye. We're talking with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. I guess uh, Adam has me wondering if you like Christmas horror movies, <laughs> and if so, why? You can make your case uh, on the text line, 877-933-2484. Um, you've got some... Um, Reviews up at PluggedIn.com, and you've also got a conversation there on the blog about the not-so-strange reason that Strange World failed. For those who, um, you know, have been paying attention to other things, what is Strange World? Um, define failure, and then tell us what you think the not-so-strange reason Strange World failed really is. Yeah, this is uh, Disney's latest animated movie. It came out, I believe, three weeks ago. Um, and it is uh, about a father and son and grandfather, and the youngest of that group is gay and has a boyfriend, and that's not a subtext. It, it's, it is a text. It's right there in front of everybody for much of the movie, um, and I'll come back to that in a moment. In terms of failure, it earned only $18.9 million in the five-day Thanksgiving weekend. And that might sound like a lot of money, 
But this is a film that cost reportedly 130 to 180 million. And when you think about movies making back their money, you have to realize they don't have to make 180 million because they actually have to make twice that much just to make back the production costs because they split it roughly 50-50 with theaters. So $180 million movie has to make about $350 million just to break even. Um, so it, you know, 18.9 million is a drop in the bucket for comparison's sake. Frozen 2 earned 125 million back in 2019 during that same five-day time frame. So it has vastly, vastly underperformed. Uh, just like Lightyear did. And I think both of these films are are movies that, that feature a strong, unmissable messaging with regard to the LGBT agenda. And what Paul says is he doesn't even focus so much on that, but he is asking the question, are these movies failing because people are tired of agenda-focused programming? That we just don't want whatever the most popular social messages are ram down our throats. We want to be entertained. We want to enjoy a good story. We don't want to be preached at. And, and I think Paul's on to something here that typically uh, we're not looking for a sermon when we go to a movie. We're looking for escape and we're looking for entertainment. And right now there is a huge social activism bent, especially at Disney and especially with regards to the LGBT movement um, and set of ideas. So, uh, People are voting with their dollars, and in this case, just as they did with Lightyear, they're saying, we're not interested. And it's been interesting to watch the movie industry turn itself upside down to explain these, you know, these failures. And they've offered all kinds of reasons, but they really refuse to grapple with the elephant in the room, which is most people don't really want to go see gay-themed cartoons. Amen. Amen. Uh, and if you're like me, you don't want to go see Christmas horror movies. So there you go. Uh, right, Adam, right, right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so very much for joining us today. That's Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In. You can read um, more reviews and uh, and all kinds of great insight into what's happening in the world of media, which people are consuming in in huge, huge volumes. You can check it all out at PluggedIn.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, I need to take a minute here. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Um, several of you texting in about the release of Brittany Griner from Russia's um, unjust... I mean, they took her as a hostage, I mean, essentially. I mean, they charged her with a legitimate um, with a legitimate charge. She was found to be in possession in her luggage of um, cannabis oil in... Uh, a vaping canister. She did have a medical prescription for it, but in Russia that doesn't matter. Um, she was not only detained, she was then convicted, and she ended up with a nine-year sentence, um, hard labor in uh, in Russia. Obviously, as a WNBA star, um, her uh, her case drew international attention. She was released yesterday. She's home. Um, many of you texting in um, your frustration, disgust, um, recommendations, uh, I mean, I, all kinds of things. And so I just feel like we need to pause and address this. First of all, 
we are absolutely going to rejoice with those who rejoice at the release of a person from unjust captivity. I'm going to rejoice in that. And that's a full stop. I am going to rejoice with those who rejoice. I'm not going to evaluate um, the character nor the um, particular sexual proclivities of of an individual. This is not even part of the conversation. I'm going to rejoice with those who rejoice. Secondly, am I also frustrated that um, former U.S. Marine Paul Whelan was, a not, was not a part of this prisoner swap? Yes. Am I also horrified that we, we traded a, an international arms dealer um, who's a total butcher? Uh, I mean, am I frustrated that we traded a genuinely, I mean, horrifically bad guy to get, to get an American home? Yes. Do I think it's a bad deal? Yes. Do I also recognize that all of this is a part of Putin's playbook? And this is what I want you to recognize and realize this morning. The way that you're feeling today, feeling today about the U.S. government and about the U.S. government's ability to negotiate the release of an American citizen um, from abroad, the way you're feeling this morning is part of Putin's playbook. Putin wants you to feel badly, negatively toward the U.S. government. Putin's playbook is to get you and me to question our government, to question our government's ability to get a good deal, to question our nation's leadership, to question our system. Putin's playbook is to tear us down from the inside out. So I want us to remember that every time, every time Russia makes the U.S. look bad, including this episode. It's all very sad for the people who end up as pawns, in this case, Paul Whelan. But it's also all a part of Putin's playbook. And so don't allow yourself to be sucked in. We have the greatest system of government in the world. Um, We are free. Um, Our government is of, of, for, and by the people. Um, And does it fall short of perfection? Absolutely. Do we need to continually be engaging in it to make it a more perfect union? Absolutely. Is it ever going to be perfect? No. Is it as good as it gets globally? Yes, it is. And so when you're um, led to question the U.S. system of governments or those in leadership, let me just um, let me just encourage you to ask the question, who benefits? Who benefits by me thinking negatively about the nation in which I live? All right, we're going to pivot now to a conversation that's completely different, and that's joy to the world. Joy to the world. All heaven and nature sings um, with this bold declaration of joy to the world that comes in the person of Jesus Christ. Bill Gaither joins us next. What a joy to be welcoming Bill Gaither to the show today. He needs no introduction. Bill, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Carmen, it's good to be with you. Well, it's absolutely my delight to talk with you. You um, you and the other Gaithers, like you provide the soundtrack for so many of uh for so many of us across so many years. So I'm just grateful to you and to Gloria and for all the gifts that God has bestowed upon you and you have allowed yourselves to be conduits of those gifts into our lives. Let's just talk for a little bit about, um, you know, 
the the legacy um, of music over time through you and Gloria and and the Gaithers? Well, you know, this is a season where we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and uh, and when Jesus came into the world, the angels started singing, and they've never quit singing. I mean, Amen. it's pretty amazing. If I were part of another world religion, I would be very jealous of the art and the music that has come out of the uh, the Christian faith. And it is so attractive. Uh, you know, for instance, the Grammys uh, have, have nominated a, a record, or I still call them records, uh, uh, for the vocal band for, for for this year after all these years. And I think it's amazing that in the totally secular setting, there is a category for Christian lyrics, gospel music, and uh, that has to make the Lord smile, I would think, because uh, our job is simply to live that out in the way that we live our lives in the way that uh, cooks bake good cakes in the way that doctors treat patients in the way that school teachers approach teaching children uh, uh, and educating children. I think that it's always going to be better if it's coming from a, a um, Christian heart. Mm, and uh, so, and the music, and the music is no uh, exception. We use the same notes the pop guys use, the country guys right. use. We use the same rhythm peels and all, except the message is basically saying, uh, "I just feel like something good's about to happen, and things are going to get better either way." You know, and mm. uh, in spite of the darkness, the darker the night, the brighter the light. You know. And uh, we are here to love God and love each other. And to do that, all our music, it's just, it gets me up in the morning. Uh, Amen. And even at my age, it still gets me up in the morning. So. I love that. I love that. So, um, Bill, when you think about all heaven singing and all nature singing, the all nature part, you know, is the singing that we're doing um, here and now, um, but the all heaven singing, you've alluded to the angels singing, but you also have uh, who have brothers and sisters in Christ whom you have loved and sung with here on earth over the course of years who are now a part of that chorus in heaven. Um, it, do we get to, have you arrived at a stage of life where the singing that's taking place in heaven um, begins to, because you know so many voices in it, does it, does it begin to sound different? To you, um, you know, the nearer you draw nigh to it. Yeah, I had I had a great uncle named Jesse, Uncle Jesse. He was a he was a very godly person, and he he looked at all of life through uh, a spiritual lens. And he said, "Bill, you know, you'll get to the age one of these days that the scales will start tipping. You've got more over there than you have here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, I never thought anything about that at 30 years old, 35, 40 years old. But once you pass 70, I got up not not right after my 71st birthday, but somewhere in there I said, okay, William, this is all a bonus <laughs> from, from now on. And I get up every day and say, 
you know, most of my friends are gone. And uh, when I hear a song or some kind of harmony, and I and my first reaction is to call Jay Jay Cass, my old friend, or Hovey, or some of the old timers, or George Yance. I think you know what they're not they're not at the other end of the phone anymore, and uh, and so Uncle Jess was right. The scales yeah. start tipping as you get older. Yeah. So uh, uh, so yes, uh, uh, to answer your question, Carmen. Uh, the Bible and gospel songs do a lot of things in our lives, but mainly it helps us get life in perspective. And the old gospel song is true. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. <laughs> Amen. We're talking with Bill Gaither. Uh, he's going to partner with TBN tonight to present All Heaven and Nature Sing with Bill Gaither and Friends. Uh, and so you can tune in to TBN at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. East on Friday, uh, the 9th of December. We're going to continue our conversation here with Bill Gaither in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great Faith Radio podcasts like mine? Search Susie Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. You started the whole world singing a song, the words and the Continuing our conversation with Bill Gaither, we're celebrating the All Heaven and Nature Sing with Bill Gaither and Friends. It's going to air tonight on TBN. Um, Bill, I want to talk a little bit about um, the soundtrack of your life and and who you like to listen to. Like, do you have a playlist? Is that something that you even think about? And and if so, who's on it? You know what, Carmen, if you would check my iPod, you'd say that boy is musically <laughs> schizophrenic. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Because, because I'm all over the place. I grew up in a country home uh, and, uh, and, uh, at a very early age, heard country music and loved it. And when I saw the Ken Burns special on the history of country music, I could identify with a lot of those early uh, uh, troubadours uh, who played their guitars and did their things. I also grew up listening to a gospel quartet, which at that stage was four guys around one microphone with the only uh, musical instrument accompanying them was a keyboard, a, a piano. So that was a very important part of my early life. And then uh, when I went to college, the whole world of classical music uh, and historically great stuff that had been written way before any of us were thinking about writing uh, writing anything. And that door opened, and, uh, and I found myself loving that. And as a kid, you know, I love pop music. I... Uh, it wasn't my first preference because I'd been stung by the harmony bug with, uh, with gospel quartets. So the musical soundtrack of my life is really all over the place and probably still is. And I, and I always enjoy hearing uh, uh, totally new sounds I, I've never heard before. So uh, I'm all over the place when it comes to the musical soundtrack of my life. But, Carmen, I would go a step further. 
poets are interesting folks. And when I say poets, I don't mean somebody who can write a lot, a, you know, rhyme like roses are red, violets are blue. I mean people who are sensitive to highs and lows. The highs are wonderful. The lows are not nearly quite as wonderful. And when I think of highs and lows, I think of Christmas Eve and that wonderful, great old uh, carol, the hopes and fears of all the years rest in you tonight. And uh, I think God was looking out for us when he sent Jesus because he knew that we loved the highs, we loved the hopes, we loved the positive, but we live in a real world. And sometimes, and Christmas can be a very downtime for a lot of folks who have no hope in their lives. So uh, I always come back to the hopes and fears of all the years are met in D tonight. When you think about Christmas and you think about um, your own family, um, what are a few of your favorite things? I grew up on a farm and, uh, and you can take the boy out of the farm, but you can't get all the farming out of the boy. Amen. It's very, it's very easy to relate on the December 24th, about six, seven o'clock at night. It's very easy to relate to uh, the birth of Jesus. Uh, they call it a stable. It was a cave, I guess, what they say. But it was also in a rural setting where there were animals. And, uh, of course, he was born in a stable. So Christmas for me, I still can't get very far away from the home place and a farm. We still live in this little town, and our house is about three-quarters of a mile of where I was born mm. uh, with, the old, with the old farm. So it's all very meaningful to me, and uh, it's all part of my history. And before my dad and mother died, we had met about 62 consecutive years uh, in their farmhouse in that in those two rooms. I don't know how we got all the family because it wasn't just our media family. It was our extended family into that house. And I can still remember the cold outside taking care of the livestock before we could open presents and all of that. Good memories. So I was born in Muncie. So um, I know where you are. You are 20 miles yeah. from from the house we love to go to Muncie uh, I love I mean, to Muncie's, the, Muncie's the big town for you which is so funny because oh. now that I live outside of Nashville I don't think of Muncie as being a very big town but there you go Yeah, so yeah, much yeah. fun it's so much fun oh well I love that um, when my sister and I when we ask each other you know where does your where does your heart go um, when I say the word home we both, I mean, our hearts both return to that to that little farm in Muncie, Indiana. Even though we haven't lived there since we were little girls, but you are you are right when you say you can take the child out of the farm, but you certainly can't take the farm out of the child. I uh, I absolutely resonate with that truth, Bill. Um, what a what a joy to talk with you today. Tell us a little bit about the All Heaven and Nature Sing um, special uh, that you're going to partner with TBN to air this Friday night. 
for the last three or four, five years, we have done this uh, Christmas program with many of the traditional songs and, uh, and a few of the new ones. And we happen to have the one character who has written, uh, or who wrote 25 years ago, the new Christmas song that has found its way into the standard list. And that's Mark Lowry who wrote the lyric and Buddy Green wrote the music to uh, Mary. Did you know, Mm -hmm. I often kid Mark and I say, Mark, we're proud of the songs we've written, but we've never written a song that's permeated the secular culture like Mary Did You Know has. And, and I said, I'm very proud of both you and Buddy. Glad it happened on our bus while you were traveling. So the program tonight on TBN is basically taking a, a couple hours out of the, uh, the the program that we do every night. In fact, we didn't, didn't even have to rehearse this. We just came in. Uh, on a, on a day and went through all of it and told the wonderful editors at TBN, there you got it. Take what you want of it and and put it on. And I can't wait to see it myself. I haven't seen the uh, the final mix of it, but there were so many great elements. Mark, of course, was there. The vocal band singing "Oh Harry Belafonte" tune, Mary's boy child. The great it's a great old song. And uh, and then Angie Prim will be there. Jesus, what a wonderful child! And and of course uh, the vocal band. I'm so proud of the vocal band. They're so good. So the evening and Buddy Green uh, was was there with us too. So uh, the problem is cutting it down to fit uh, fit into the television program. So uh, uh, it's going to be great. Well, thank you so much. Um, we're looking forward to. We're going to set our DVRs um, to record it. As well, uh, tonight on TBN, you don't want to miss it. All Heaven and Nature Sing with Bill Gaither and Friends. Bill, give um, give Gloria our deepest affection and appreciation. And thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Carmen, you're very kind. Uh, you're very kind, and I'll uh, and I'll share that with uh, with Gloria. In a couple of weeks, we will have been married for sixty years. People who used to be married awesome. for 60 years were old, old people. Mm. And all of a sudden, we are here <laughs> and still having a wonderful time. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you so much for... We got snowflakes falling on an old two-lane. Red Bull Reese on the wind of pages. Sitting around the fire with the ones who love me. Sitting around the fire with the ones who love me. I love Bill Gaither. I mean, I don't know what's like the Christmas soundtrack of your life, but I, I just adore him. Don't I mean? Don't you just like want to be with him? I mean, I, I do. Sixty-two consecutive years of gathering in the same farmhouse. That um, that is a wonderful heritage and testimony. Lots of farm memories flood back as he talks, can't take the farm out of the kid, even when you take the kid off the farm. Um, And then this conversation, like, where does your heart go when I say the word home? Where does your heart go? I mean, my heart still goes to this white farmhouse on Reagan Road in Muncie, Indiana. Um, I have lived a lot of places since then. It's not even the place I lived the longest. It's just the place that I remember living first. Um, I learned great lessons there. The lesson that Bill referred to in terms of, you know, taking care of the livestock before we could open gifts. I have um, very, very concrete memories about lessons learned about taking care of the animals before we sat down for an evening meal 
um, in our home, uh, that farmhouse in Muncie, Indiana. Where does your heart go when I say the word home? And then when he talked about the hopes and fears of all the years resting in the tonight, Christmas can be a very um, challenging time for people who have no hope. And so let's be the people of hope in the midst of, um, of the world this Christmas. Let's be the people who shine light and even give hope for Christmas. You can help us give hope to others by sharing with us the stories of those who you, need, who you know um, need hope this Christmas. You can do that at MyFaithRadio.com. I do want to um, provide a winter storm warning today because if, you know, if, if this happens to be the only place that you listen today, then <clears throat> you might not know that um, there is a blizzard brewing and a blizzard with the potential of tornadoes. I mean, that that is a bananas kind of um, weather forecast, but there's a cold front already impacting the Pacific Northwest, expected to bring um, not only snow, but rainfall, um, a foot of snow expected across the Sierra Nevadas. Um, and then it's going to be obviously uh, impacting everyone east of there. Um, ice through the plains, snow across the Midwest, cities like Sioux Falls, uh, Minneapolis, Madison, Milwaukee, all going to deal with gusty winds and blowing snow. Omaha, Lincoln, um, going to have freezing rain. Um, I mean, just on and on and on. So uh, prepare yourselves now, uh, yeah, for winter weather this weekend. Um, And then let's talk about weather prayers, because weather we get stormy weather or it's beautiful outside and whether the rain falls where we live or it doesn't, um, God is present and God is good. God is gracious. His mercies are new every morning. Like whether or not it looks like that in your life, you can trust me when I say um, God is good. God is good. Um, And everything is tipping toward eternity. That's the other thing that Bill Gaither said that I want to highlight today. It's all tipping toward eternity. So who are the people who are no longer there um, to pick up the phone and call? Bill shared, you know, some of those people with us. Uh, That's certainly something that gets highlighted in my home and in the conversations um, that we have. Who are the people who we no longer need to send a Christmas card to? We can no longer call on Christmas Day. Um, because they are now in the fullness of the presence of the Lord. Let's be praying for those empty chairs and the empty places that they leave in our hearts and in our homes, but let's be thanking God. Let's be thanking God that they have taken up their place in the kingdom of heaven and that they are present with him always and forever. Friends, um, it is that season of the year when we recognize that all eternity is tipping or all all of the present time is tipping toward eternity. Let's help people see it. Let's be people who give them hope today. All right. um, We are going to um, inaugurate the three-story wildlife observation tower, also known as the deer blind uh, here this weekend. It officially opens tonight. We're going to have a sleepover. So I will report next week in the farm report on how that goes. Have a great weekend and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now.
And thanks.